When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Marriage, Kids, and Money podcast with Andy Hill. This show is dedicated to helping you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Thank you for being here. Without the right discipline, credit cards can cripple our ability to build our cash savings, our retirement savings, and our overall wealth. It is so easy to swipe that little piece of plastic or do that fast online purchase on Amazon. You know what I'm talking about. (laughs) We don't even think twice about how much money we actually have in our account sometimes. My guest today, Whitney Hansen, has developed a business that helps people battle the temptations of the all-powerful credit card. After becoming completely debt-free early on in her life, she now focuses on helping others do the same. And for most people, that starts with their relationship with credit. On the show today, Whitney and I chat about how we can all be credit card free and still live happy, well-functioning lives. We're busting some myths on the plastic today, people. (laughs) You think you need a credit card to build credit? Whitney says, not so fast. After our time with Whitney, we're highlighting another Money Master of the Week. But first up, let's get inspired by self-described money nerd and money coach, Whitney Hansen. Whitney, how's it going today? I am so good. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. I'm so glad that you could be here. You know, you and I are in a similar situation, uh, living this podcast life that we are. But uh, hopefully right. you could just tell, tell everybody just a little bit about yourself today and the focus of your business and your adventure that you're on right now. So my name is Whitney Hansen. I'm a money coach for millennials. I tend to attract more females into my audience. So that generally is who I focus on. So I help people live on a budget, pay off debt more aggressively than they could on their own. And then I do that in a lot of different ways too. So that's my main core of my business. I have a lot of free workshops, a podcast called the Money Nerds Podcast, where I interview cool people with cool money stories. And I, yeah, I blog a lot, have a YouTube channel. So that's kind of a little bit about the business side of what I do and how I work with people. Excellent. Very cool. So you started to talk a little bit about the clients that you like to work with, mostly female. You said, what type of situations are they in when they come to you and say, Whitney, I need help? Really bad situations. <laughs> so <laughs> it's um, it's one of those things where it's unfortunate, but for people to start to reach out for help, it's when they are feeling almost at rock bottom. And I, I hate that that's the case, but that does tend to be the people that reach out to me. So it's when they get to the point where they're like, I know what I should be doing, but for some reason I cannot do it. <laughs> like I'm just not sticking in my budget. I'm not getting results with my debt payoff plan. Something's always coming up. Life is always happening. My car's breaking down. What do I do? So those are the kinds of situations that I I usually deal with. So it's much more cleanup control in a lot of ways. Um, That's not saying that that's the only person I like to work with. That just naturally tends to be the people that reach out. So yeah, it's uh, usually tons of debt, tons of credit card debt, student loans, unreal amounts of student loans, and then a little bit of consumer debt too, uh, usually credit cards for sure. 
So we, we call it coaching, like you said. I mean, it's almost mm-hmm. like physical training or, you know, like we're starting the beginning of the year and people are thinking, yeah. hey, I need, to get, I need to get in shape, man. I need to get healthy. It's kind of the same thing, isn't it? Oh, it's completely the same thing. That's usually what I tell people too, is I'm like a personal trainer for your financial life. So it, it's very similar in approaches and the accountability and yeah, very similar, uh, different industries, but very, very similar. Very cool. And, um, I guess I wanted to ask, how did you get inspired to do that? How did you get inspired to help people in that fashion? Um, didn't expect it, man. Like it was something that I kind of stumbled upon, but I initially did what I thought was very, very normal. So I went to college. I did the whole four year degree, studied accounting, look for the most stable job you could probably ever have. I'm like, okay, I'm going to be an accountant. (laughs) So I got into that. And right when I graduated, I realized that I wasn't really paying attention to how much debt I had accumulated because I was told, you know, I bought into that whole lie of life's going to be better. Once you graduate, you're going to get that six figure job. Don't sweat it. You can pay it off in no time. And so I was like, cool, I'll sign me up for that. (laughs) So took out all the student loans, um, graduated 2010 with $30,000 in debt. And then that's when I had my little aha moment where I was like, crap, that's a lot of money. I've got to get rid of this as quickly as I can. Because for me, I could feel that that was just, it was weighing on me. I don't really quite know how to describe it. And so I was working as an accountant and paid off the entire $30,000 in 10 months from my accounting job and my job in undergrad as a nail tech. So like manicures and pedicures. Yeah, dude, it was, it was crazy. So you were side hustling Uh, as the nail tech. Side hustling as a nail tech. That was my job to get me through college. And I wanted to quit real bad, but it didn't make financial sense. I knew if I kept it a little bit longer, kept my lifestyle like a true college student, then that would help me pay off that debt faster. So that's where I stumbled into the business was I started helping people on the side and didn't even think that I could make money on that. I just didn't think that was a possibility. And then started to discover online entrepreneurship and coaching and was like, what is this world? Let's do this. And so that's where it all started. There's lots of exciting people in this world, isn't there? It's so impressive. It is (laughs) constantly amazing me on what people can make money on. It's, It's just amazing. That's very exciting. Very cool. So how long have you been doing the coaching then? About uh, three years of the coaching piece, and I've been doing the business with different variations for about four. That's great. Very cool. And you said the 30K, was that all student loans or just uh, built up of credit card debt or what what, 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 what type of uh, debt was that? No, I'm not really a credit card kind of person, so that's not something I really buy into mm-hmm. as much. Um, but it was it was all student loans. Like at one point I had a car, but it paid it off in a year and a half. And nice. so it was very normal for me. But that's when that's that thirty thousand was like that's so much money. Let's let's put together a plan so that yeah. And you wanted loans. to get rid of it as fast as possible. You were just saying, hey, this thirty thousand dollars is holding me, holding me back. Yeah, well, and so the the cool thing too is what people don't quite realize is when you graduate from college, you've got that six month grace period where most people are just sitting back and saying, okay, I'll worry about my student loan payment in six months. I viewed that as like a really cool opportunity to make a little extra progress on my debt. So it wasn't six months where I was just going to chill out and drink coffee. It was six months of let's hustle until that debt payment kicks in. And even then, I think it was, it's been so long now. I think it was like maybe $250 a month. 
but that's a lot of money. You know, if, if you don't think $250 a month is a lot of money, good for you. But to me, that was life changing. And so I knew I wanted that to go towards my future instead of towards my debt. There'd be a lot of people out there right now would say, I'd love $250 extra per month. <laughs> for sure, right? <laughs> well, very cool. You mentioned something about credit cards, and I wanted to dive into that with you today a little bit. You said credit cards aren't for me. Can you explain your philosophy on that? Yeah. So when I turned 18, I got one of the little credit card offers in the mail. And it was a very basic card. I can't even remember what the name of it was. That's how bad this was. So I signed up, and it was a $250 limit. And so for me, I was like, oh, $250, that's, you know, you can't get out of control of 250 And so I would just use it for little things here or there, just for gas in my car, occasional groceries, coffee, whatever it might be. And what I realized is even at $250 a month, that was the limit, it was still so much money. It, it was really hard to, to pay it off. And so I started to realize how dangerous that cycle was. And frankly, it's not worth it for me. And everybody's like, well, what about the points and the cash back? Frankly, I ran the math. It really does not make much of a difference for me. Like I don't make that much money on cash back. So that's uh, my first initial reaction to credit cards. And I'm just not a fan. So you had that and then you just said, hey, this is not worth it. I'm not even going to go for it. Not even going to go for it. No. Okay, cool. So one thing that I have heard you speak about or write about is the ability to still maintain a decent credit score because, you know, people might not want to use credit uh, credit cards, but they still mm -hmm. want to have a high credit score. So how can people get a high credit score without the credit cards? It's actually a lot easier than you would think. And it's it's kind of roundabout because you do, I mean, anytime you're building your credit, you have to use some type of credit. Unfortunately, that's the system. But that doesn't mean you have to go into debt and it has to consume your life. So what I recommend for almost anybody that's trying to build their credit is first and foremost, look at your situation. I have a house. I had a car loan. I had student loans. So I already had credit history. So for me, that piece was already there and it was already building up my credit score. But if you're brand new to credit, you've never used this stuff before, you're trying to get it back maybe back on track repairing, one of the best things you can do is to take out a credit card. I know, bear with me for a second. Take out that card, put like a reoccurring fee. So like your Netflix or Hulu account, just one, you don't need to do your whole life on the credit card. Put that onto the card, cut that card up and schedule an automatic payment every single month from your checking to that credit card. So it's automatically getting paid off. And if you look into like the numbers behind what what your credit score is composed of, that actually boosts your credit just as much as putting $5,000 a month on that. Really? So it's really crazy because people think you have to charge huge amounts, but it's just about a little bit of usage and keeping that utilization number really, really low. So that's, I think, the best way to go if you're trying to boost your credit but don't want to really mess with debt. That's interesting. Okay, so it's funny that you mentioned that because... I have one credit card right now with uh, Capital One, I think, yeah. and I'm doing exactly that with my Spotify uh, subscription, and that's the longest credit card account that I have. Or my actually, it's now that we just paid off our mortgage, it's the longest um, debt uh, debt history that we have. So it's really interesting that you said that because I was wondering the other day. I'm like, well, is this going to count for my credit score? If I'm just having five or five to ten bucks on it every month, but I'm yep. consistently paying it off, so y y you're saying yes. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. As long as, I mean, cause it's about history. Yes. Yeah. So if you're 18 and you've had that card for, I don't know how many years, say 10, 15 years, then yes, that's boosting up your score for sure. But then the other piece too, is again, that utilization ratio. So you don't want to, if you have a $2,000 credit card and that's your limit and you're putting, I don't know, say $1,500 a month on that card mm-hmm. and you're paying it off, you're still using way too high of a utilization rate mm-hmm. on that. It needs to be between zero and about 20% on the zero high 20%. end. 20%. Okay. Hey, everyone. We'll be right back to the show in just one minute. I just wanted to mention the Young Family Wealth Playbook is now available for free on my website, marriagekidsandmoney.com. This is essentially a seven-step guide that takes you through the process of building wealth for your young family. I compiled this resource after interviewing over 50 self-made millionaires, early retirees, personal finance experts, and I just compiled it all and put it in this nice 25-page booklet that is on my website for free that I wanted to give to you all for spending time with me on the show and spending time on my blog. So go and check it out, marriagekidsandmoney.com. It's right there on the homepage. You download it for free and enjoy it and give your family the life they deserve. Hope you enjoy it. Hey, everyone. This episode is sponsored by Student Loan Hero. Whitney just told us about how she paid off $30,000 in student loans. If you're in a similar spot with a huge amount of loans that's weighing you down, consider refinancing those bad boys to get you a lower interest rate. Student Loan Hero is an excellent resource to help you with that process. They are on a mission to help 44 million Americans manage their student loans smarter. They outline the best banks for refinancing, and they have these awesome calculators to show you how much you could save by going through the refinancing process. You could save tens of thousands of dollars and brush away years of stressful payments just by visiting their site. Go to studentloanhero.com to learn more or check out the link in the show notes of this show at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session 69. Let's jump back into our conversation with money coach, Whitney Hanson. What other, what other factors are there in creating a high credit score outside of things like that? The biggest one that I think most people understand is paying your payments on time. Yeah. And frankly, that's like the, I mean, the greatest thing you can do for yourself. So just make sure you're paying those payments. Don't get out of control on that kind of stuff. Um, the history is a big one too. So a lot of people will pay off a credit card and they're like, I'm closing that account. Peace out. But that's actually not so great because when that happens, it looks at your overall, how much credit do you have available to you? So if you just paid off a thousand dollar credit card, your first inclination is I'm going to get rid of that, closing it right now by mm. Capital One or whatever card it is. And so when you do that, you're immediately reducing that overall available credit, which hurts your credit score temporarily. Hmm. So that's the kind of piece that you have to worry about. Frankly, I mean, you can get real nerdy and you can do all the points and and really try to to rig the system there. And you can. However, I just don't think it's worth it. Sure. I mean, that's just not a life that I personally am a part of, Mm -hmm. but Well, you've probably heard a lot of real life stories in your coaching business, how playing with credit cards doesn't pay. So do do you have any any insight you could share there? 
Oh my God, so much. Uh, so <laughs> one of the one of the worst situations that I've ever seen was somebody that had uh, fifty thousand dollars in credit debt. So this was multiple, multiple yeah. cards. However, they were behind on almost every single one of those cards. So it's, yes, you're behind on the credit cards, but then you're also paying late fees. And then you can't get ahead because you have to pay back payments, at, like seriously, two, $300 each card. And so it just was really, really rough. And so for that person specifically, the interesting thing too is when people do pay off the credit card debt, they immediately are like, no more credit card debt. But then they start to bring the credit card back. And I think that's so fascinating because you don't need to do that. Like credit cards don't have to be part of your life. It's a choice. And if you manage it correctly, it's great, but it doesn't necessarily mean you have to do that. So if you do struggle with credit card debt, pay it off, keep it gone, like leave it out of your life. It'll save you so much more in the long run. But that was a pretty bad situation. Well, talk about talk about some tactics for people who are trying to break free from the credit card and they maybe are getting close to paying it off. What? What do they do now? How do they live? How do they how, how do they rent cars? How do they do the things that uh, oh, you're I supposed know. to be able to do with credit cards? Talk to us about that. Um, I always love that too. They're like, well, how do I book? A, a, I travel a lot personally, but people yeah. are always like, how do you travel with a debit card? You just do it. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's still money. Yep. Um, so it's not really an issue. It doesn't cause a huge portion of issues. The time that it does cause problems is when you go to book a hotel. Sometimes they'll overcharge and hold your card just to make sure the money's there. Um, that has put a kink in my plans before, but if you plan for it in advance, you're fine. So if you're getting to the point where you're ready to pay off credit cards, you're, you're trying to pay off credit cards. Um, let's use advice for people that let's say it's not in collections. So they're up to date on their payments. Mm -hmm. um, the best thing you can do is just focus in on one credit card at a time. And frankly, I mean, there's people that are like, oh, it should be the smallest. It should be the highest interest rate. I don't really care either way. Whatever works best for you. I personally like the smallest debt first. I think that's a good approach. But if you're a math person, you're like the highest interest rate makes more sense. Do that. That's okay yeah. too. But pay the minimum on everything. And then put all of that extra money towards the smallest debt, the highest interest rate, whatever approach you choose. And then just keep cycling through. There's no secret, but every time you get extra cash, put that towards that debt. Your focus is that one debt at that time, not the overall picture, just that one debt. And I think that really simplifies in our minds so we don't get quite so overwhelmed. Um, but that's a really good place to start. And then if you choose to keep that card later, say it's a card that you actually do want to continue using, after you pay that credit card debt off, call the, the credit company and ask for a lower interest rate if it's a really high one. They are more willing to work with you if they see that you're being a responsible user of the credit, then they're more willing to work with you in that way. But be careful of that. Um, that tends to be how, unfortunately, there's no secret. It's just put everything you've got towards that extra debt. Yeah. And then, you know, a lot of people want to do the right thing and sometimes they just end up with all sorts of credit card debt and the interest rate is piling up on them let's let's say like you said small manageable tasks right don't do don't try to get overwhelmed and do it all at once let's let's talk about an action step that people can take maybe they're listening to this they're like man i've got three credit cards and i'm paying late payments on them i'm paying interest payments on them it's just piling up Where's just the best place to start so we can break it down for people on a small manageable task today? Okay, so the best place to start is 
This is called the bank statement exercise. It's something I do with every one of my coaching clients, and it sounds real nerdy, but it works like a champ. So what you do is you print off a physical copy of the past 30 days of your transactions for your credit card statement and or your checking account. If you use both, you're going to print off both. And then what you do is you look at those transactions and you slightly identify what are the three areas that you tend to overspend on. So it's usually coffee, eating out, and some type of impulse buy, Amazon for the dudes. I don't know why that is, but it's usually Amazon. (laughs) We like our tech stuff. (laughs) It's so weird, yeah. (laughs) It's your Amazon purchases. For the females, it's usually Target. (laughs) It's so funny. It's like very, very worked out there. Um, So you look at those three different transactions, those three categories. And then with the highlighter, you go through and you highlight every single transaction. And then you add it all up and you figure out how much did you actually spend on those different categories. For most people, that's enough of an aha moment where they start to switch things up naturally. You look at it. I had one gal that was like, I I feel like I'm always broke. We went through this $800 a month on eating out. No joke. And so Yeah. And thankfully she had the income to support it. However, it's not saying that's, I mean, that's $800 you could be doing towards something else. And so then you can start to make those adjustments and you can start to create your budget based on what's it going to take to pay off that credit card. What areas can you reduce? What areas do you need to side hustle and make a little extra income with? But those are the, the places that I like to start with people. Very cool. You mentioned the B word there, budget. So a lot of people think that is like super restrictive and we're not going to have any fun. I've, I've tend to see it as the opposite, but that's, that's because you and I are who we are. We're nerdy. So <laughs> why do you feel, why do you feel a budget is important in your life personally? I think a budget is everything. It to, to me, it's like you wouldn't go through your life without having goals and intentions and some type of a direction of where you're going. And if you do, you probably feel like life is just spinning and you, it's just you can't catch up. So typically, you a budget is basically that. It, it's your roadmap for what are you going to do with your money. And if you don't have a budget and you don't have a plan for what you're intending to do with your money, you're going to spend haphazardly. You're probably going to blow through savings. You might wake up at 50 and not have a retirement account. And then you're going to be pissed because you don't know where all your money went. So that's why it's so important to have a budget. And for those that think it's restrictive, usually if you feel like a budget is restrictive, it's because you're not spending in the areas that mean something to you. So you're spending on car payments when really you prefer traveling. So maybe you should get rid of that car and put that money towards traveling instead. Or you're spending on eating out and really you value your health or you think you value your health. (laughs) Your spending habits may not support that. But that's usually when people say it's restrictive, it's just because they're not spending in the areas that they care about. Yeah. Yeah. It needs, it almost needs like a new marketing term, right? Cause the word budget just seems like, ah, like ca- cash flow, cash flow planning. That's sexy. Ooh. <laughs> I'd like that. Nice job, man. <laughs> Trademark. There we go. Well, cool. Well, Whitney, um, you've been going on this personal adventure of paying off debt, helping people with their finances, helping them get out of credit card debt, learn to live, learn to learn to love the word budget. Um, right. <laughs> so as you were, you know, progressing in your journey uh, business-wise, I guess just personally too, was there a book that influenced you in your personal finance journey to to get where you are today? I think the book very early on that influenced me most was David Bach's uh, Automatic Millionaire. That one I read when I was 16 or 17. Wow. It, 
super nerdy, I know. That one, uh, Rich Dad, You know Poor who you're Dad talking to, so you don't have to apologize. So Thank you. Thanks, good. guys. I there appreciate the love there. <laughs> <laughs> the, the mutual understanding. Oh, yeah. um, but a book recently that I think everybody should read and has since creeped to my top number one book for anyone is The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. It's really, really good. I've heard that one. I've heard that a couple times uh, from folks in our community. I definitely need to pick that up personally, but I'll, I'll put that one in the show notes as well as Automatic Millionaire from David Bach. We got to, I don't know if you were there for it at FinCon, but yes. we got to hear him speak and present. That was really cool. It was like one of those uh, moments for us money nerds to really, to really <laughs> dive in and enjoy. So um, you gave some great actionable advice for folks as they are trying to clean up some of their credit card uh, situations or get get themselves to live on a budget. Um, interested to know what's next for you financially in 2018. Do you have you set some goals for yourself that you're excited about that you'd be open to sharing today? Yeah, so I just set my business goals. So most of my goals revolve around business at this stage. My personal life is pretty boring financially. <laughs> <laughs> it's already set up, so it's not really that sexy anymore. Um, but my my business goal that I'm really working towards is to hit. $200,000 in revenue for 2018. Wow. And so I think I can do it. It's a bit of a stretch goal, but uh, that's one of the big ones. And to do that, I I currently have a nine to five job as well. Mm -hmm. So I am officially jumping ship after <sighs> three and a half years of building the biz. When is this happening? Ah, February 1st <sighs> is the official last day for me. Oh, congratulations, Whitney. Thank that's such you. great news. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. I, um, by the time this comes out, it's going to be post-February 1st. So I'm going to say congratulations today. Way to go. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. It was a lot of hustle to make sure I had the income to support it before I jumped ship. So it's taken some time, but it's really exciting. That's incredible. That's incredible. So when you started the business side of it three years ago, you were starting from scratch, right? And now you've made it almost to uh, your, your goal is 200000 this year. That's amazing. So that, that, that built over those three years. Yeah. First year in business, I made $1,500. Nice. <laughs> I was like, oh, dang, that's nothing. <laughs> wow. Well, that's but incredible. It was a good start. Well, you're, you're developing a business uh, for yourself as well as helping a lot of people out there. How many clients do you think you've worked with over the years to, to help them with their finances? Over the years, I mean, it's definitely well over 400 individual clients, but I have courses too. So that's I mean, it's thousands at this point, so it's pretty It's pretty fun to see it grow. That's incredible. Well, congratulations on your success, and thank you for sharing that big, uh, that big news with us today. That's very cool. Um, where can people learn more about you, maybe uh, partner up with you as a coach or take one of your courses? Where's the best place to, to find Whitney Hansen? Yeah, the best place is WhitneyHanson.com, and if you're listening to this podcast, you obviously like podcasts, so go check out The Money Nerds, and you can subscribe and listen to some cool money stories to help you along your journey, too. Excellent. Yes, Whitney and I are in this little mastermind group together trying to figure out yeah, how we yeah. can be successful with our podcast and give you all the best value possible. So thank you all for listening today, and if you're on YouTube, thank you for watching today. Um, we appreciate you jumping in. Thank you so much, Whitney. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. Smart and clear advice from a financial professional. As Whitney spoke about, if your credit card spending is out of control, it is time to take a step back, my friends. Let's go through five takeaways that um, I gathered from my conversation with Whitney here that will help you take control and own your financial destiny. Number one, track your spending using a monthly budget. 
Number two, assess your areas of overspending with Whitney's quote unquote bank statement exercise. I like that one. That was cool. And then number three, scale back so you can actually save money instead of overspending each month. Number four, pay down each of your debts one at a time. That was one of my favorite takeaways that she said. Sometimes you look at these big, massive, you know, debt totals that you have, $50,000, $100,000, especially with these student loans, and you just get overwhelmed. But if you look at them at each single debt, and then you attack that first debt, instead of thinking about the total, it just seems uh, a little bit more feasible. And number five, once those credit cards are paid off, cancel any recurring charges, cancel the card, and cut it up. The points, the bonuses, the cash back, the travel miles, they are not worth it if you're paying 20% interest. The credit card companies are winning in that situation and you are losing. Let's take back control. I, I swear to you, life after debt is freeing. Trust me, you're going to love it. Now it's time to announce the Money Master of the Week. Eric connected with me to tell me about his huge win for the year 2017. He exceeded $100,000 in income for the first time in his life. What's so impressive about this situation is that he is only 25 years old. He learned early on in his life that diversifying his income was the best way to build wealth. Really, you can you can say you can see the end result, $100,000 in income at 25, but really it was five, 10 years in the making, I would say. And for me, back in 2012, I was still in college and I was researching ways to build wealth for the future. I saw how successful my dad had been in business and entrepreneurship and wanted to achieve a similar success in my life. I wanted to become wealthy and I was researching different things online and most of the things online, the different articles, different podcasts I was listening to, the different YouTube videos I was watching, they all said that if you want to become wealthy, then number one, it's important to earn more money, and number two, to have multiple income streams. He made his first $100,000 last year in three separate ways. The first was increasing his income at his full-time job by over 40% in just a few short years. I graduated my undergrad and I went into a, a master's program in financial math, and I started working at my current company in 2015. My starting salary was 63000 and there was a bonus in there of $5,000, which at age 22, 23, that's fantastic. It's, it's looking to provide value that's, that's above and beyond your job description. And, and really, for me, I'm able to see a little bit bigger picture and identify areas where I can see where my skill set will fit in to provide a positive result for the organization or for the department. And so it's, it's a little bit of having a self-awareness of what your skills are and what the department's goals are, and then aligning your actions to work towards something that's going to impact multiple people. His second route is through what's known as house hacking. This is when you own a house and have roommates live in it with you, and it essentially covers your mortgage, and in some cases, a lot more. 
His last route of income is a side gig that he does with consulting in his field of expertise. Eric's goals for 2018 include growing his income at work and saving around 50% of his total income. That is impressive for 25, 26 years old. This will be the first year I max out both my Roth IRA and 401k. And so just continuing to build that financial base as well, where uh, by the end of the year, hopefully I'll have, uh, you know, it depends on where the stock market goes, uh, probably about $60,000 in, in retirement assets. And I'll be 26 at that point. So I think that's a pretty decent start on that as well. If you're in your 20s and you feel like you can't get ahead, you got to check out Eric, man. He is making big money, saving big money, and planning for his future. You can learn more about Eric at themastermindwithin.com. Eric, congratulations for being our Money Master of the Week. Do you have a recent financial victory that you want to share on the show? Please email me at andy at marriagekidsandmoney.com or leave me a voicemail at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash voicemail. I would love to hear your stories and share it on this podcast. You'll find all the links and resources for today's show at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session 69. If you're new to the Marriage, Kids, and Money podcast, and you like what you heard today, go to your favorite podcast provider and hit subscribe. Each week, we have new episodes that are dedicated to helping you grow your wealth and give your family the best life possible. In the spirit of growth and inspiration, I'm going to end the show with a quote today from Thomas Jefferson. Never spend your money before you've earned it. You're in control of your financial destiny, my friends. Carpe diem. Carpe diem. 